Beep boop. Testing, testing, one, two, three. This is The Lateral Show with Herm. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen it's, it's The Lateral, lateral show. show. Fasten, Fasten your seatbelts, because here, here we, we go. go. Sideways look at football. What is up, lateral heads? It is your host, Herms, popping in at the beginning of this podcast to let you know kind of why there haven't been <laughs> episodes of the podcast published recently. Uh, as many of you know, my day job is working full-time over at DraftSharks.com as one of the staff writers. And with it being NFL draft season, I have been tasked with doing a lot of the rookie running back profiles over on the website. And while I'm very proud of that work and would encourage anybody to go over to DraftSharks.com and check that stuff out, it has taken me away from doing this show a little bit because, look, as much as I love doing the lateral show, this is not my full-time shit <laughs> this is not my main gig anymore so i don't know i apologize i've definitely been lacking but rest assured i have a whole slate of really fun shows coming up and i hope that you all enjoy them but also i just want to let people know that i do this show live on youtube on thursday nights typically around either 9 p.m eastern standard time or 10 p.m eastern standard time so if you just want to go over to youtube.com slash hermsnfl, it's the same as my Twitter handle, you'll be able to find that as an option too. And I would like to grow this podcast and that YouTube channel if possible. So there you go. That's kind of a little life update, but you're going to be getting two episodes. Uh, this one that you're about to hear is an NFL mock draft that I did a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's definitely still super relevant and it was a lot of fun to do. And then the next one that you're going to hear is a great conversation between myself, Jeff Bell and Matt Waldman, two of the brightest minds over at football guys talking about how to get better at prospect evaluation. So there you go. Little update. And now we get into the episode. Let's go, baby. <laughs> All right. So here we go, folks. We are doing the first round mock draft. I have the draft order pulled up somewhere off screen because, as you can tell, I'm a very prepared person. Yes, we start with Jorge at number one with the Carolina Panthers. Once I hit the button that starts the draft, there you go. It is on to you, Jorge. What would you like to do? You know, I'm. I, it's a coin flip for me, and I've been going back and forth on it. Um, I love... I, Bryce Young is my number one pick. I'm just thinking that it's going to be CJ Stroud. I can't. I can't get past the fact that that fr that Frank Reich loves himself big quarterbacks and CJ Stroud. I mean, it's not like it's not like I, I, pun intended. It's not like Bryce Young is is head and shoulders above uh, CJ Stroud. But <laughs> no, I I, I think I, th I think Stroud is is a really good kind of quarterback that's going to get developed. He's going to go in a great great ecosystem with some um some fantastic quarterback minds frank reich jim caldwell uh you know thomas brown is a great is is a, from out here from with the rams heard nothing but great things about him as an offensive mind so uh yeah cj stroud to the panthers 
Definitely a great choice. And, you know, to your point, you know, the Frank Reich loves himself, a pro-ready quarterback. And, you know, no offense to Bryce Young, but, you know, like C.J. Stroud also fits that bill 100%. And, Nate, to you with the Houston Texans, you are in the lucky position of, despite not finishing with that first overall pick, there are still quarterbacks here for you if you want to take one. Is that the route you are going to go with this pick, or are you going to do something else? So we've seen a lot of chatter over the last was like two days that there's a good chance that the Texans go defense here with the second pick, which obviously leaves Davis Mills, my most rostered dynasty quarterback (laughs) as the starter with most teams. I would have a hard time believing that they're going to pass on Bryce young. If he falls to number two, but this is the Texans. However, I can't in good faith go away from Bryce Young at that second pick. I can't do it. All right. All right. There we go. I, yeah, we're going Bryce Young. <laughs> and it makes sense. You know, I it mean, does. It does, which is why they won't absolutely. do it. We're going to mock it. And like, I have heard uh, just because my inside sources of being a subscriber to The Athletic and ESPN Plus, those are my sources. According to my sources uh, from reading, if the Texans don't end up with Bryce Young, like if the Panthers go ahead and make that move, I have been told that their second quarterback on their board isn't CJ Stroud. So maybe they would go with like Will Anderson or something, which like would make sure. a lot of sense. That could be a lot of fun. And then that would make my pick of the Arizona Cardinals really, really interesting. Cause like for the sake of what we're doing now, by the way, just for the viewers, like we're, we're not going to trade picks and stuff. That's, that's way too much to get into. We're just going to make the assumption that these are the picks, (laughs) but hypothetically, if that did happen, the market for this pick is going to be super hot. We've already seen people like Adam Schefter tweet out that teams have called to talk to Arizona about trading up to get this because like, Kyler Murray is already going to miss the first part of next year. Like that's just the fact of the matter, tearing your ACL that late in the year. Like they're on a course to kind of just reset and pivot this year, but they also pick so high and a draft that can fill a major need for oh, so many other teams. Like they could trade down and get a hole for these guys uh, for this pick anyway. But you know, in a world where they don't do that, I assume that they are probably just going to take some sort of edge player or whatever. And I don't know, like, I'm kind of torn between Will Anderson and uh, Tyree Wilson, but like, I don't, I've, I've seen uh, now, don't get me wrong. I mean, like for what I do for my day job, I mostly focus <laughs> on the offensive players. I know a little bit about some of these defensive guys, but like, this is not definitely my biggest area of expertise, but Tyree Wilson seems like a lot of fun. And from everything that I can tell, like, he's just like a hella good athlete, which would be like super fun, especially with, uh, you know, that guy from the Eagles coming into town being, you know, the new uh, head coach there. Jonathan Gannon. There we go. Yes, that's the name. Yes. Former defensive coordinator from the Eagles. Like he, They're probably going to put some emphasis on that side of the ball. So if they stay there, that's probably where they're going to go. Um, that puts us at number four. Back to Jorge. You're back in the quarterback market with a different team. You know, it'd be fun if we could mock a trade because I would love – at least for me to send them Lamar Jackson to team up with Shane Steichen. But since we're not doing that, how would you make this decision here? If you're Indianapolis, 
I'm running to the board. I'm running to Roger Goodell and handing the card and saying, Anthony Richardson, come let's on, go. come on, let's do it. Let's do it. Physical specimen, <clears throat> 244 yards. He does a Moses Malone, 444, 444, 4.44, or 4.44. Moses 4. Malone, 4. I love it. Yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it uh, I mean, he's – I mean, you're, we've already talked about he scored He scored in the mid-90s in that cognitive test. Uh, you know, everything Everything that, that has been reported on him is that he's a worker and that he's – and beyond being a physical freak. I think at some point it might take one – it's going to take at least a year. It might take two. It might be three years because remember, Josh Allen didn't pop until thir- his third year. You get you get that guy and and coach him up. He's in in a good system. Shane Steichen. He has grown up. Justin Herbert. He has grown up. Jalen Hurts. Put put that. I mean, he that mold of clay. Gosh, he got Superman. Put him put him in a put him in an NFL uniform. That is Anthony Richardson. Let's do it. Let's go. I love this. Dude. Love it. I absolutely love it too, man. And you know, in the interest of. Uh, fairness. I wanted to make sure that I gave everybody uh, a chance to pick for a team that they really like. So technically, Nate, you are picking what would have been the Broncos pick, but (laughs) (laughs) but this is actually for the Seattle Seahawks. So I did the best I could with what I got. I don't hate the Seahawks. They're not in the AFC West anymore. So there's that. Yeah, yeah, they used to be. Exactly. So it's just like no more conflict of interest there. It's technically the Broncos pick. So, you know, we kind of give you a little bit of that there, too. Uh, They're another interesting team. You know, I feel like in a world where Jorge hadn't have taken Anthony Richardson, maybe they would be a team that would be interested in parking somebody behind Geno Smith. Because like you were saying earlier, like, I think a lot of people forget or maybe I'm just making this about me because I often forget this, but that three-year extension for Geno Smith is it can get out of that after the first year, folks. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not like technically on paper, quote unquote, three years, sure, but they can really easily move out of it. It's basically just a very, very fancy one-year deal. So right. do you want to reach there or do you want to keep building that defense up? Because you know, our friend Scott. Over there and in between media, you know, I'm sure he talks about it all the time. You know, he's he's pleased with how it's going, I'm sure. But, you know, they're not without their warts. So as much as I want to reach for Hendon Hooker here, I'm going to be realistic. They can get a quarterback now. They can wait if they want to get or they can wait until next year. You got Caleb Williams if they want to trade for that pick. Realistically, this is Jalen Carter. I mean, he's still on the board and he's not going to fall to them at what is it? 20. So, but Hendon Hooker might, but does Jalen here's Jalen Carter because they need to, their pass rush was atrocious last season. And especially more importantly, their run defense was what second worst in the league. It was terrible. They were in the, they were in the bottom, like three or four teams in rush defense. They've got to address that. And Jalen Carter addresses that 100 percent absolutely he does and you know it i keep seeing a lot of people talking about like oh the off-field concerns ah oh, the what is that gonna happen that's blah, blah, carroll's blah. bread and butter exactly dude the like, dude the dude puts his players with a therapist once a week in season at least they have access to like character issue guys 
should all go to Seattle if they want their careers to work out well, because that's what Pete Carroll does. Look at Marshawn Lynch. Dude was a handful. Got to Seattle. I mean, he was still a handful, but he was a manageable handful. He went from being a handful of trouble to being a handful of Skittles on the sideline, which was, you know, <laughs> exactly. like that it's, 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 it's the Pete Carroll effect there. Friendos. That's what that is. And yeah, you know, like it, it makes a lot of sense. And, and before we move on to me making my next pick with the lines, I just want to say, you know, like when it comes to players like Jalen Carter, like going through whatever, like I'm not here to pass judgment on people, you know, go, going through some stuff. He's a young man, like, you know, mistakes are mistakes, you know, and, you know, if something happens later in his career, you know, then we can, you know, talk about his character or whatever, but I am willing to give young people the benefit of the doubt. Hopefully everything's cool, but just even on talent alone, he is more than willing of well, being this pick right here. He's talented. And I, I think people forget Von Miller for as much as we laud him for his community involvement and what a stellar stand-up guy he is. It took the Broncos bringing in DeMarcus Ware to tell him to get his act together because he got in a lot of trouble his first two seasons in the league with the Broncos. And DeMarcus Ware came in and straightened him out. Without that, we're not talking about Von Miller as a Hall of Fame linebacker slash edge rusher. Well, there he was Yes, we're in. And I want to add one thing. You're talking about a guy to come in and kind of help him grow up. Who did they just re-sign? Former longtime All-Pro and icon in Seattle, Bobby Wagner. Yes. So is Bobby Wagner going to come in and and grow him up? He's going to big brother him like crazy, and he's going to make him. He's going to show him how to work. And he's gonna, and he's gonna big brother him. Maybe, maybe have to give him some tough love here and there. But hey, it's gonna, it's gonna get him better. And but yeah, you, you guys are so right about Pete Carroll. That's what it's all about, baby. Yes. So best of luck to you, Jalen Carter, if you're out there watching. But we do know somebody who is out there watching. That is Mr. Scampers. Hello. Thank you so much for stopping by. Good evening to you as well. Uh, at least the third time today, Mr. Scampers. It's good to see you. Yeah, there you go. And then uh, uh, TD chiming in saying, Manageable Handful is my middle name. There you go. That's, that's what it's all about. And uh, I, I got to say, uh, sorry, Brad. I As much as the Devon Witherspoon pick would be fun for the Detroit Lions here, uh, I'm going to go ahead with my pick of the Detroit Lions. Go in a different direction because they did an amazing job of signing corners and pieces and like i can't remember who the safety was but it was somebody like really good too like they revamped the heck out of that secondary in free agency and i think the fun thing to do especially because he's fallen this far down the board is if we just put will anderson opposite aiden hutchinson like dude i i i can't i can't resist it <laughs> it's too much it's of a fun fair. idea <laughs> like but it's the dude. you know you Sometimes you have to do the the fun thing, the luxury thing, because that's essentially what this pick is for them. You know, like this is the pick that they were gifted uh, by way of trading Matthew Stafford to the Rams. So, you know, like they have this luxury pick. They can do whatever the heck they want with. And as much as somebody like Witherspoon would make sense, especially because, you know, trading away Jeff Okuda, it would be cool to have a young corner to develop on top of some of the older guys that you sign, like bringing in Cam Sutton and players like that. I just think, you know, that defensive line, they need some dogs. They need some guys that can bite some kneecaps. They need, you know, just doing that whole thing. You know, the players that can wipe their own ass. That's exactly what my man... that's exactly what dan campbell wants and i think that would just be a ton of fun and if he falls that far 
why not? So I'm just going to go ahead and just do that because you can't tell me what to do, and this is my show. So unless anybody has some thoughts on this pick, uh, we will send it down to Jorge for the Raiders. It's caliente. That is just caliente. Oh, and now you guys keep dropping them in my lap. Keep dropping that. Those big strong arm quarterbacks, you know, mayonnaise in a in coffee cup is going to become a big thing on on the Vegas Strip. Will Levis to the Raiders, <laughs> big arm quarterback, loves to throw loves to throw the deep ball. He's in a he's a, he'll have an opportunity to sit behind Jimmy G, and uh, I think I I love I, I love the idea of him coming in there, you know, going to an offensive mind. You know, remember Josh McDaniels was did good things with Mac Jones two years ago, before the fiasco that was last year's offense. Does he does he come in and grow up Will Levis and turn him into a big strong quarterback? Because you know what, you need aliens in that at quarterback in that you know when you're going up against Mahomes when you're going up against Herbert twice a year you need you know Avengers superheroes to do that and you know maybe Will Levis becomes uh another another guy does he become does he become Josh Allen or does he become Jake Locker we're gonna find out Ooh, Jake Locker nice pull Ooh, yeah, right. I mean, I I'm, kind of, I'm kind of skeptical of Will Levis for that reason I mean you know but like you said like if he's in a situation where he doesn't have to play right away and somebody can really sit him down and be like, okay, look, man, like we, you have the arm, we will give you that, but maybe try and calm down a little bit. Maybe stop trying to make some of these, you know, superhero shortstop throws. Like you got to get back to the basics first there, bud. And if he can do something like that, maybe he could be a lot of fun. I could definitely see that working out super well. And I gotta consult my notes real quick. That would put Nate on the board here with the Falcons, unless you have something else that you would like to say about Will Levis first. Will Levis, Jay Cutler. Oh, and yeah, just uh-huh. a, just a thought I had. Uh-huh. Okay. And if you remember correctly, he shipped Jay Cutler off for Kyle Orton and then trade it up to take Tim Tebow in the first round. Maybe Will Levis is more Tim Tebow in, in value wow. to Josh McDaniels. He's obviously uh-huh. a much better quarterback than Tim oh, for Tebow sure. yeah. coming into the league. <clears throat> but, you know, I have actually done a couple of mocks where I had the Raiders trade up to three to take Will Levis when we were thinking he was going to Indy. This is a good pick. I I think, or a there's like a 95% chance this is what happens for the Raiders. And I hope he's horrible because I live in Colorado. Where else am I supposed to think about the Raiders, right? <laughs> you know, I try. I promise I try to be impartial. So now we're on to the Falcons. Mm-hmm. And I think that they're most glaring need at this point because they seem content to ride with Desmond Ritter and maybe wait until next year to look at a quarterback or maybe they look at free agency or Maybe they think Taylor Heineke can step in and be a long-term starter. I don't know. This organization is crazy. I agree, Jorge. I'm with you on that. (laughs) But I think where they go here is they're probably going to go – they're going to go defense. And I can see them going after Kalijah Kansi. I know he's an interior defensive lineman, but he's a dude who can get pressure. And I really like Kalijah Kansi. And I think this is where they go. Like, realistically, no, like, hot take. Kalijah Kansi goes at eight. 
because they've got to shore up that pass rush and they've got to shore up that run defense or it doesn't matter what they do on offense. It makes no difference because their defense can't stop anybody. So I think it's Kalaja Kansi. Yeah. And one of the really interesting things about the Falcons that, you know, makes them such an attractive team as a, I wouldn't really call them a sleeper in the NFC South because every team in the NFC South is a sleeper at this point. But like they ranked within the top 10 of uh, PFF's run block grading and pass block grading. And they do have those young weapons in Drake London and Kyle Pitts. And we yep. liked what we saw out of Tyler Algier. They could add another running back later in the draft, obviously. But, you know, I've seen some people, you know, mock Bijan here because that would be a very Arthur Smith thing to do potentially. But, you know, but like you said, you know, they don't have to address the offense necessarily because even with Ritter back there, they have some underlying things, especially within the metrics, that support them being pretty good. If they can stop people from scoring, they're going to have a much better time. Right. And, you know, the trade that I had alluded to not too long ago when I made that Lions pick, they were the ones that just brought in Jeff Okuda. Now, I know he's not the same player that the Lions took number three overall. He's had some injuries. He hasn't quite lived sure. up to the billing. But, you know, opposite A.J. Terrell, that's still a pretty good secondary unit there and Kalijah can't see like you know for folks that you know don't pay too much attention to the defensive side of the stuff like this dude he's huge man he is scary <laughs> like that dude he gets, like I well I, and like if you look at the division they need a run stopper at this point they've got to have a run stopper you've got now you've got Miles Sanders in the division you've got Jamal Williams in the division you got Rashad White, who's probably going to be a bell cow in Tampa Bay. You could fight me, Aaron Stewart. It's going to happen. <clears throat> you need a run stopper. And that's what Kalaja Kansi is. The dude can stuff holes in the run game. Get yeah. your mind out of the gutter. There you go. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Shout out uh, the all the homoerotic terminology that comes with the sport of American football. Uh, so... With that, I will go ahead. I'm going to make this one quick. I don't have a ton to say. Uh, the Bears need to start to protect Justin Fields, and bringing in the local kid, Peter Skaronsky, would be a lot of fun. I just think it would be super fun for them to do. It fills a need, but it's also, in my opinion, best player available. You know, I mean, like maybe they could do some stuff, but they address defense a lot in last year's draft and they address defense a lot in free agency. I think they do want to skew the focus a little bit more back toward the offense for this one. I mean, Devon Witherspoon being there would be, you know, pretty tough to ignore, despite the fact that they do have some decent corners there. But, you know, I just you got to protect your quarterback. You went out, you you got this pick because you tra traded down from number one and got DJ Moore out of it, too. They're telling us what they want to do. And that starts with the offense. That starts with fields. That starts with Peter Skaronsky. So that turns us over to Jorge with probably the most fun pick because the Eagles luxury pick here too. getting this one. Yeah, dude, getting this one from New Orleans. Like, you know, there was a decent chance, you know, had it not been for a few things breaking, you know, Kansas City's way during the Super Bowl, we'd be talking about the defending Super Bowl champs right now picking a 10. So you could do literally anything here, and I don't think anybody could flame you for it. So what do you want to do with this fun mystery box of joy? Oh, are you guys going to let me have all the fun today? Are you gonna, Probably. Are you going to let so. me have all the fun today? I can't. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, you know what? 
there's a part of me that wants to go Bijan here. <laughs> the, the you know, just to set fire to this, but I really don't think they're gonna do that. I really don't think so. Um I, I look at I, I look at them. God, do they want yeah, what PFF is saying wide receiver, guard, center, you know, and say, you know, D-line and safety. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go boring. Uh best defensive player. Let me see who's the best, who's the best D lineman right now. We already had Cancy go off. Actually, I can gonna, sort it. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get sexy here. Lucas Van Ness. Oh, Ooh, I love that. Yeah. Can you imagine? Can you imagine him taking over for Hargrave for Javon Hargrave? Yes. Let's let's do that. Let's do that. Dude, like Van Ness, like we aren't sure exactly how refined of a football player he is quite yet, but what we do know is that he is an athlete. And he is a dog. And because they have those veterans there, to your point, like they they can take the time to develop him a little bit, man. Like if he reaches his ceiling, then this pick is going to look so smart in hindsight. But like I, oh, I'm losing my shit over here. That, that, was, that, was, oh, that was that was a fun choice. That was a very, very fun choice. I am all here for this. I had, uh, I had more fun than I expected to take a defensive player. <laughs> Look, dude, and I know, you know, we spend a lot of time doing some, you know, fantasy football stuff, you know, but like the NFL's fun. This is a football show. And this just reminds people defense is fun too. <laughs> Don't forget. Yes. Don't forget. <laughs> says um, the Steelers, says the Steeler fan. That's true. I, maybe I'm a little biased. <laughs> maybe I'm a little biased, you know, but uh it, well, you should be. Exactly. And plus, you know, defense wins championships, babies. Cliches are cliches for a reason. Uh here we go. Nate, what interests you here as uh, the selecting person for the Tennessee Titans, a team that, like I said, you know, earlier about the Arizona Cardinals thing, like this is a team I probably would have picked to move up to three. Maybe, maybe, you know, I mean, at this point with the quarterbacks that are gone, it probably doesn't behoove them to take anybody, but I, I just, I kind of just wanted to throw that out there. Cause like, I think people need to start preparing for that because like, it, well, especially like if that happens, okay. You know, I'm going to say that's a different hypothetical for another day. <laughs> Here's the thing about Tennessee guys is that they're boring. They don't do anything exciting. Yeah. They draft for need and that's, what's going to happen here. They're going to take Paris Johnson. Because they've got to go. shore up that offensive line. It, I really, truly believe that this is a team where Mike Rabel believes that Malik Willis will be their guy. Okay. They've done nothing to tell us otherwise. They haven't signed a free agent quarterback. They're still holding on to Ryan Tannehill for some reason, Mr. Vanilla, which leads me to believe that they're going to roll out Ryan Tannehill to start the season if he's healthy and with a plan to bring Malik Willis in once they feel like he's ready. So the best thing to do is get Paris Johnson to make sure you're protecting that second year quarterback who will be coming in mid season when their season's already lost. Cause let's be realistic. Tennessee, they're screwed. They're screwed. Derrick Henry's about to hit a cliff at running back. They've got Traylon Burks and Chig. They've got Chig. That's about it. So you sure here, you sure up your offensive line, you get cute in like the fourth, fifth and sixth round. That's what Tennessee is. In a world where they had a little bit more going for them on the offensive line, 
it would be fun for them to take a receiver. Like to your point, like, you know, like they yeah. could oh. definitely like afford, but, but you're right. Like they can't, they not only are they boring, but it kind of seems like they have to be boring here. Sure. And it's, it sucks, but it's the truth. If they don't manage to go up high and take a gamble on one of those quarterbacks or something, then this is probably what they have to do. And, you know, but before I make my pick, I just want to point out, uh, Brad, not the biggest fan Ness guy in the world. Apologies to Jorge, but he still loves you. And that's what matters. Damo, Damo, Brad. I go. wish I could say that in Australian. <laughs> yeah, pl- uh, work on that translation for us real quick, uh, Brad, and uh, send that on over. We will rehearse uh, between picks. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and get in my selection here for the Houston Texans. And this is, a, is, this is important. I love this pick. Yeah, it's dude. It's a great pick. It is. And, like, for as much as I think it would be really fun – for them to do something like, you know, pairing the, the quarterback with the receiver and just having a duo grow together. Like this is a team that just hired a former defensive great of theirs to be the new head coach. And he's going to want to make an impression. And I just think that like, Oh God, D'Amico Ryan's Jesus. Okay. I, I almost forgot his name. I feel so bad. Yeah. So like D'Amico Ryan's coming in, like he, they got the quarterback. That's cool, but they're still going to want to make that. Oh yeah. Here we go. Real quick. Uh, Australian love you is love you dickhead. So we'll, we'll keep that in mind. <laughs> we'll definitely keep that in mind. You know, I think that it would be cool for, it'd be cool for D'Amico Ryan's to make his impression. And I think a really fun way to do that would be to do that on edge. And from what I've seen from miles Murphy from Clemson, Ooh. he is just like that dude, like his motor's pretty freaky. And he reminds me a lot of those dudes that he left behind in San Francisco. Like, I feel like it would be a very Niners pick, you know, just like the very athletic dude that can just get back there and wreak some havoc. I think that D'Amico Ryan's would have a lot of fun with a player like Miles Murphy on that defense. So that's kind of my logic there. I think it stands to reason. Um, that takes us over to Jorge with the Jets, another really interesting team kind of in flux. When's Aaron Rodgers showing up? Who knows? Even when he does show up, how sure are we that the offensive line is going to be good? What are they going to do with all sorts of other things? We know they don't need receivers anymore, but there's still a lot of question marks here. So what would you like to do with the Jets? Well, I was uh, going back to three years ago when Tom Brady got signed with the Buccaneers. The first pick that they got was offensive line. So I'm looking and I'm going to a guy that may not be the, may not be the top on, on the draft boards, but I'm, I'm coming back to something that I heard Greg Cosell say, that Darnell Wright absolutely shut out Will Anderson when Tennessee, he just absolutely stoned him, threw a blanket on him, and Will Anderson did nothing that day. I'm going Darnell Wright to the Jets, to Los Jets. They need to put a wall in front of Aaron Rodgers, and let's do it. Let's do it because there's going to be some guys coming after him this year. In the, in, I mean, there's pass rushers in Miami. There's pat there the, the the Patriots were really big big time in the pat in the pass rush last year, and we know the Bills are going to bring it. So Darnell Wright, that's my guy. I love this choice, especially because I'm not sure how good Darnell Wright would be necessarily as a left tackle, but assuming Makai Becton stays healthy, they already have that solved. And Darnell Wright is an anchor on the right side, 100% 
at like lockdown <laughs> as far as that goes. So like assuming health, you get an O-line with Becton and Wright on either side of Aaron Rodgers, Elijah Vera Tucker, another very talented offensive lineman there. Like this shit. Oh, mwah, it solidifies it so flawlessly. I adore this pick. Oh, if I could marry that pick, I would. But unfortunately, that pick is uh, it's not an actual tangible thing. So I can't. Uh, <laughs> that brings us to a different team in this division. Uh, the New England Patriots, which uh, Nate, as we all know, could do anything i don't know how much you've scouted the d2 and d3 players uh maybe uh, one of them could be a surprise first rounder you know knowing old billy b it could be anything but you know what would you do in a world where you are picking here for the patriots well i mean it's pretty simple to me there aren't any standout offensive linemen available at this point and i think if there were he belichick would go that route but they need an interior defensive lineman very badly. That was one of their biggest holes last season. And I think it's Brian Brissy. Oh man. Ooh. From Clemson. I don't know, dude, there's something about him. That's a, he's the typical yeah. like Belichick system guy, <clears throat> typical Matt Patricia system guy. I think he fits in well. And I think he can make an impact day one. As simple as that. Also, shout out Frederick County, Maryland. He is another one of the local boys. So uh, good for you, Brian Bercy, uh doing the thing. Uh, <laughs> not not the only uh, Frederick County player that we are going to be uh, selecting in this first round, I assume. Uh, not my favorite one, but we'll, we'll get to that player later. Uh, that will make it my responsibility, yeah, to pick for the Green Bay Packers, which I, I don't know, man, like... It's not going to be that fun. (laughs) I'm excited to see what Jordan Love can bring to the table, but the way that they've treated this franchise, like they could honestly just do anything. Uh, It it wouldn't shock me, but you know, let's go ahead and just give Jordan Love something to work with, kind of give him a little bit of a boost, but we're not going to, we're not going to give him a, a wide receiver because that would be two against the grain. Um, yeah, actually, no, screw it. I'm going to go with my heart and the player that I do think is the better tight end. I think Dalton Kincaid would be a really good pick there for Green Bay. Like, I know, like, Michael Mayer makes a lot of sense for people. And I just, you know, it's not like he tested poorly, per se, uh, at the combine. But his athletic testing, I mean, like, he isn't an above average athlete, but he's not like a difference maker. And Kincaid is a dude that, like, I absolutely adore and, you know, people forget, like, he only started playing football, like, partway through yes. high school. And senior he, year. Senior yeah. year was the only year he played. Yeah. So, like, senior year, it was a team, I think, that ran the wishbone or something. <laughs> and, yeah. and he went to, I think it was uh, University of San Diego. Like, not even yeah. San Diego State. San Diego, like, where, yes. like, where. And he, he wasn't played. on scholarship. Yeah. So it's like this dude has just been like piecing it together, just learning how to play football, but he's already so good that like, as he continues to learn, as he continues to develop, like this could end up being a monster pick. He is such a good receiver. He has the size and he has the absolute ceiling with the tools that we can project forward in the future as he continues to grow. So that's that. And yeah, before we hand it over to uh, Jorge to make this pick for the Washington Commanders, I want to just take a moment to uh, send up a cheers. As a lifelong D.C. area native, it is a beautiful day because that asshole Dan Snyder finally sold the team. Good riddance. Let's go, baby. Salud. Salud. About time. 
about dude, time. Dude, I, oh my God, man. Look, real quick. Steelers are always going to be my favorite team. That's where, around where my parents are from, that's where my relatives are from. Like, that's never going to change. But as I've said on the show many times in the past, you know, like, I'm from around here. I'm from the D.C. area. My NFC team was always the Commanders, but, like, they, it, it grinded my gears, man. I gave up my fandom a while ago, and a couple of my things, I was just like, y'all change that name, y'all get Dan Snyder to sell the team, I'll come back. I'm far from the only person who said that, you know, like we've all made those promises to ourselves and me and a lot of people having a really great day today because of this news. So to celebrate, we will hand it over to Jorge to make the first selection in the post Dan Snyder era. What would you like to do? Well, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because don't forget Matt magic Johnson, one of the ownership group, also my former boss. Hey, there we go. He was that took over. It's right. A lot of things right. And one of the things that they need to get right on the defensive side of the ball, they have had a tough time stopping the pass. Yes. So I'm going to give them the best defensive back in the, in, in the draft. I'm going to give them from a little bit North of me, pack 12 country. Let's go with Christian Gonzalez. And I can already tell you, oh man, my friends are going to be very happy with this one. My friends are going to be very, very happy with this uh, one. Yes. Gonzalez, that dude slaps. He is big. He's got the instincts and he can make a play like that. Very, very good pick there. I'm so excited. Oh, look at that. So and good. I left you, I left you your guy. I left you, I left you your choice, you know, almost your choice of the litter. I couldn't leave everybody for the Steelers. There you the go. Of course. And you know, like nice segue into it. We are disrupting the order of the draft that we have been going in the whole time because this is my show. I can do whatever I want, and I am picking <laughs> for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you cannot stop me. So <laughs> full transparency, I am very torn. <laughs> I understand. I have been begging this franchise to take an impact corner in the first round for years, and they never do it, and it pisses me off to no end. And here's this opportunity right here in front of me where Devon Witherspoon fell all the way down. He could be a fun pick. If you want to go with the legacy of Joey Porter Jr., we could continue that name playing in Pittsburgh. But also, we really badly need offensive line and there's still a couple really good tackles here and i oh i hate so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna roll the dice because as much as like witherspoon reporter would be a lot of fun uh there's a couple guys that i feel like could fall because keep in mind like the number 32 overall pick which is this year at least the first pick in the second round we got from the bears as part of that chase claypool trade i think there are going to be some not quite as you know high ceiling corners but still very good ones there so screw it i'm just gonna go ahead and hope that i don't end up hating myself for this later because broderick jones is still here and like we gotta protect kenny pickett bro and we've already seen you know bringing isaac samalo over from philadelphia he's gonna help shore up the interior part of that line like this is this is what they need to do, especially because it's like, look, 
you know, you took a running back in the first round a couple of years ago. What use are you getting out of that type of investment if you can't even block in front of them? You know, like this, this just has to happen. Maybe we'll see what falls later. We're not going to end up making that 32nd pick tonight, but just wanted to <laughs> just throw, I'm testing this theory. I'm going to see if it works. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm smart. Maybe I'm not, but that's what I'm doing and I'm sticking to it. And that puts Nate on the board with the Detroit Lions at number 18. So funny, I was really hopeful that Christian Gonzalez was going to fall to this pick because Ooh. this is a team that needs secondary help, right? Yep. There's a big problem. So now that we didn't get Christian Gonzalez, who see you transfer to Oregon, which hurt my heart, hurt my heart, but I get it because before Coach Prime, what what were the buffs? They were trash. They've been mm -hmm. trash for years since pretty much 2003 when I had a buddy who was a kicker there. Uh, they're going Devin Witherspoon here. Let's go. They need that secondary help. And the fact that he slid all the way to 18, pretty crazy when you go back to three months and he was getting mocked in the first round. So they're going to take Devin Witherspoon here. And I don't think it's, I don't think that's controversial. I don't think we need to talk about it. Yeah, you know, that like, because that was the same comment that I made earlier, you know, like when I when I gifted them Will Anderson, because it was like, ah, they can afford to do it. I know they sure. could draft the young corner, but who needs it? And look at that. It ended up working out for them anyway. So everybody wins, especially you Detroit Lions fans out there. You'll win the Super Bowl one of these days. I feel it in my bones. I feel it in my bones. Uh, that brings us to, because I messed with the order a little bit, Jorge picking in the post Tom Brady era of the Buccaneers, there's a lot of things you can do here because the skeleton of a team yeah. that Brady leaves behind needs a lot of help. Wow. Um, I want to go offensive line, but I, you know what? I want to go offensive line, but you know what? I'm going to give them Michael Mayer. <laughs> I think I, they do need a tight end. They, uh, you know, Kate Otten, you know, what they got is only okay. Mayer is, he, he's not only a, a decent pass catcher. I agree with you. Dalton Kincaid is a better pass catcher, but you know, he's a mauler on the, on the offensive line uh, as a sixth offensive lineman, great run blocker. So I, they're going to need more help because, um, you know, the offensive line had some, had some holes to it. So they're going to need him to uh, come in and block a little bit. Uh, I like Mayer to come in and just kind of grow with that, grow with that offense, maybe be, you know, kind of grow with Chris Godwin. Who knows if Mike Evans is going to be there for more than a year or two. So let's do this. You know, Mayer is that two birds, one stone type five to your point. Like he's pretty good at catching the ball. And like you said, also very good at blocking. So like you know, value, baby, that's a good value right there. Those traditional type inline tight ends, always super good. If you can snag them. Love that for sure. And then uh, Nate, that brings you I You're picking for the Seahawks twice, actually. So there you go. <laughs> All right. So there you go. Perfect timing. <laughs> you guys ready to get weird? I want to. Uh, yes. Let's get weird. Hendon Hooker, baby. Let's go. <laughs> he drops to the 20th pick. Love it. This is the scenario where I see Hendon Hooker unless Minnesota trades up because we know Minnesota wants Hendon Hooker, right? it's just out there Hannon hooker goes 20th overall the seahawks he gets a season or two to sit behind geno smith 
Love that. Love that. I also just forgot that there was a search function the whole time. I didn't even have to scroll all the way and go to page two. I could have easily made that pick faster. Sure. But, uh, let's just he was it, 82, so it took yeah. him. And let's just call it's it fine. building suspense. You know, we'll just we'll, we'll put it that way. But like, yeah, bro, yeah, okay. I'm here for it. I think they'd be they'd be a fun team for a receiver, maybe, you know, but like, you know, we, we already talked about it plenty. They could use they don't a, need a receiver. They've got DK Metcalf. And Tyler Lockett, who just produced year in and year out. They'll, oh, I, they'll, I get, just, a, they'll get a receiver next year. Yeah, no, because, like, that's what I was thinking. Like, I, obviously, no offense to the greatness of DK Metcalf and Lockett. But, you know, it's just like Lockett is older. And if you get a guy on a rookie deal that includes a fifth-year option in the first round, it does give you time to develop behind Lockett. But, you know, this is more fun. And like you said, just push that task down the road for next year anyway. There are going to be some pretty good receivers to pick from next year as well. So I don't, I don't hate it, man. You know, and uh, shout out real quick to the Miami Dolphins owner for just completely screwing yourself out of a first round pick for debauchery. So that is why they are not making their pick here and why I am on the board with the Los Angeles Chargers. And let me tell you, I please, please, please do it. Do it. I want Herbs, just do it. I can't, I can't, man. I can't do it because, you know, uh, the, 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 the quiet, <laughs> the quiet, the quiet part that I am now going to say out loud is that uh, as much fun as B. John Robinson would be, especially with the fact that, you know, Austin Eckler does really want to leave. Maybe, you know, he'll end up somewhere else. It'll, you know, fill a need. Like it's, it's going to be tough to move him, especially for, you know, as old as he is with the contract that he, you know, has, it's a little pricey. I just don't know that they're going to be able to get Eckler out of there. And, you know, I, I, I really think the thing that they need more than anything else is a field stretching wide receiver, because the thing that they like can't do especially over the last couple of years is take the top off. Everything is very confined. And the minute you could do that for Justin Herbert, we are going to see his play elevate even higher than what we've already seen. He's tremendously talented and he absolutely deserves it. And because of the type of player that we're looking for, I'm not saying that this player is better than Jackson Smith and Jigba. I'm not saying this player is better than Quentin Johnston. Actually, yeah, I am. I do think this player is better than Quentin Johnston. And I don't care how small he is because Frederick Maryland's own Jordan Addison is going to stretch the field for the Los Angeles Chargers. Like, tiny guy, but he can zoom. He can zoom. It's going to work. It's going to work. USC guy stays home. Love it. Love that pick. It's, it's well, <coughs> love that her pick. neighbor from birth. That is that. Well, from birth, that would put me uh, more closer to DC and Montgomery County. But at least <laughs> at some point yeah. in your life, you guys were neighbors. That's true. Yeah, he uh, he went to the high school that is down the street from where I get Taco Bell. So I am a very, very big fan of Jordan Addison. I want nothing but the best for him. And also, I'm buying a Jordan Addison jersey regardless of where he gets drafted. I would just like it to be a powder blue Chargers jersey Ooh. as well. I think that would just be really fun to add to my collection. So there you go. We get Jordan Addison. Uh, that's a lot of fun. And then that takes us to Jorge with the team that shall not be named because I hate them. The Baltimore Ravens. So I'm going to name them anyway because it didn't make sense for me to not say the name. <laughs> I oh wow! I want to give them another wide receiver, 
And you know what? I'm going to give them Jackson Smith and Jigba. Let's go. He's he's my Love number it. one receiver on the board, you know, on, on the board. And I I think I think he would be a great compliment to OBJ. And if Rashad Bateman does not come back from 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 health, I think I think Lamar Jackson's coming back, everybody. I mean, he's coming back. You know, oh, we we, yes. we see the tea leaves. It's going to get figured out. Please get it figured out. But uh, I I think you add JSN to OBJ. Great initials, by the way. And, and then you got RB <laughs> Rashad Bateman. No, I think I think I think all of a sudden Lamar Jackson he could he could he could conceivably threaten his thirty five touchdowns that he threw during his MVP season. I'm here for it, man. I'm yeah, absolutely here fun. for it. They have to keep adding to that, especially with the change in offensive coordinator going from Greg Roman, bringing in Todd Monken, you know, the genius behind that really good Georgia Bulldogs offense at the college level. Also, people forget, you know, before he went back to the college ranks, there was some pretty decent years that he had down there in Tampa Bay. You know, like we know the guy can run an offense. We got to, you know, give him the pieces to really deploy this as the Ravens look to move forward into their next chapter. But Nate, my biggest question to you is, are you going to keep this run going of these wide receivers? Because the Minnesota Vikings, now there's a team that at this point, no more Adam Thielen. They could use another guy opposite Justin Jefferson, opposite TJ Hawkinson to make the passing attack scary. They they 100% could, but they're not going to address that in the first round. Because when you have a guy like Justin Jefferson, and you've still got KJ Osborne, who, well, from a fantasy standpoint, isn't a stellar asset. From a football standpoint, he's a pretty good receiver. He is. And he provides what the team needs. This is a team that more than anything needs to, again, their defense was atrocious. They succeeded despite their defense. And they need secondary help. But I think where they need it more than anything is at safety. And you've got Brian Branch from Alabama still sitting on the board. And I don't see how they pass up Branch if he's still out there. I just don't see how they do. Makes a lot of sense, man. I'm here for that vibe. I'm absolutely here for that vibe. Dude. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. And I feel like Branch just because he's a safety. You know what I mean? Like, I know we talk about. You know, especially in terms of the NFL draft, you know, like what positions are valued higher than others? You know, we talk about how important like an anchor tackle is. We talk about how important an edge rusher is. We talk, well, especially quarterback, as we all know. But like safety, it's not one of those things you think about a lot. But when you have a chance to get somebody who's extremely good, particularly as good as Brian Branch is, like, screw it, man. Screw it. He could definitely make a big impact, especially because, like, I can't remember who they brought in as defensive coordinator, but, like, I remember I was reading something that uh, Jordan Vanek came out with, our buddy over at the 33rd team. You know, he was talking about it, and it's like, it's going to be a big philosophy switch, and if they can really get things figured out with the right personnel there, they could absolutely shore up that defense and make that overall team stronger because we know the offense is bonafide. We know that that offense has firepower. Why not make the other side of it good and try and push for a division title in a post Aaron Rodgers era, you know, and just like TD said, you know, shout out Jordan Vanek. Once again, one of wonderful friend of the program, uh, my son, he's oh, my yeah. son. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Nate, Nate's, Nate's very talented. Kid. I'm Jordan's daddy. 
Just oh, put it out there. Also, thank you, Brad Bolt. Duh, Brian Flores. That's who, of course. Yeah. yeah. How could I forget? Yeah. So, like, think about it, man. Think actually, that makes it even better because, like, bro, like with Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, when he was there doing that thing, you know, down in Miami before they so graciously gifted him to my Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, you know, like, I don't know, man. It makes a lot of sense. I'm here for it. And that then puts me up here at number 24 with the Jacksonville Jaguars who like, bro, you know, like I need a whole lot. They don't, but at the same time, they got to continue to build that line. You know, that's one of those things that like, they're just going to have to put emphasis on. And, you know, I think like a player that would just be so much fun. And this actually goes back to a comment that I just made before about how some positions maybe don't value it that much, but like, even though he's a guard, Osiris Torrance is just a bulldozer this man is so good at just moving humans out the way folks this guy like i swear and if i remember correctly like didn't allow a sack at any point last year absolutely very good with the run blocking as well you know for as much as you invent and again kind of going back to a comment i made earlier about the steelers like you spent the first round pick two years ago on a running back. If you're going to get a value return on that, you need to make sure that that running back can do something. And if you have the blocking in front of them, then that's definitely going to pay dividends. And I think Osiris Torrance really, really solves that for them. He is one of my favorite players in the draft that, you know, I I, honestly, it kind of sucks. He didn't fall down to Buffalo. He would have been a really, really fun pick for the bills, but you know, didn't happen. That's life. That's mock drafts. And that's what it's all about, baby. And that brings us to uh, Jorge with the New York Giants, a team that, like, look, shout out Brian Dayball, okay? Like, coming in, really turning him into something pretty good right away, but they got to keep building on it, and they definitely need some weapons on either side of the ball. See, there's a lot you could do here. I'm going to the, I'm going to the weapon that's top of the list right now, Quentin Johnston. <laughs> the guy. <clears throat> they need a big dog wide receiver. They got all the slot guys. They added Darren Waller, who's basically another slot guy, Quentin Johnston. The guy can stop start. He's going to – I think think he's going to be a weapon. Maybe he has some growing pains early in the season, but uh, I think by the back half of the season or at least by the second season, I think he's going to be a very good friend. Muy buen amigo of Daniel Jones. It's a a free re-roll of the dice. Because obviously not the exact same player, but you know, like Kenny Galladay didn't work out. So why not replace him with a younger, very, very tall, more traditional X type receiver that could blossom into even more. So Quentin Johnson makes a ton of sense there. I absolutely love that. Uh, Nate, um, are you going to do it? Short and sweet. Luke Musgrave is going to the Cowboys. If he's still available at this pick, which he will be, they've been talking. So they let Dalton Schultz go. They need a tight end. What better tight end than Luke Busgrave at this point? It is bold, but it is beautiful. (laughs) And I absolutely adore it because like, you know, so for those who don't know much about Luke Musgrave, uh, he's somebody that, you know, me and my colleagues over at draft sharks are huge fans of. He didn't really play a ton in college uh, between, you know, like COVID shortening that 2020 season and then, you know, some injuries and stuff. But like he has 
the prototypical size for a field stretching tight end. And if he hits his ceiling, this guy's absolutely incredible. And if you want to go and, you know, look at some different things, not now, wait till this uh, stream's over. But if you just want to go look at what Luke Musgrave did at drills at the the senior bowl down there in Mobile, Alabama, you know, earlier this off season, like you'll see, wow, look at this guy. What an athlete. Oh my gosh. It's a little rich, but at the same time, like I, I adore him. I adore him. And I could definitely see Jerry Jones just pulling rank and being like, screw it. We're taking the Musgrave. Can you imagine adding him to all you already got you, you, gosh, I mean, you added Brandon cooks, you had Brandon cooks to CD lamb. I love that pick. Love, love, love that pick. He's a good wide receiver. I mean, he's a good, you know, move tight end. I think, I think he's fantastic. He's built like he's built like an outlier. He's a good pick. Oh, it's so much fun. It is so much fun, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to get over how fun that pick was. So I have no choice but to move on. I, we could dwell on it forever. But that brings me here to the Buffalo Bills in number 27. And the answer is no, I'm not going to do it. Because they have <laughs> they have some other stuff that they got to do. Uh, particularly on, I mean, they, they could really use some help on the offensive line. I'm not sure exactly how much they needed to tackle, though. And because Osiris Torrance is no longer here, it would probably be a little rich for them to go there now. Receiver would also be a lot of fun, you know, but I don't know. Actually, I know you want to do it, Herms. Actually, I, I am going to. I know you want to do it. I am going to do this, and I don't care what our friend Jeff Bell says because we look at, you know, even though Brian <laughs> Dable. Jeff know? Even what though Jeff know? Hey, Jeff knows his football. Also on Twitter at for him, Jay Bell Tolls. Very wonderful guy over there. Football he does know his content. Um, we know that even after Brian Dable left, took the job in New York, and Ken Dorsey took over as the OC there in Buffalo, like they still have the slot receiver as a fixture of that offense. And a lot of these receivers in this draft, I mean, outside of, you know, Quentin Johnston, at least in terms of like the top tier guys, you know, like these, we're not talking about traditional X's. Like this is not a traditional X receiver laden draft, very top. But Zay Flowers, for as small as he is, 5'9", I don't even think he's 180 pounds. Like, I think he's even, you know, whatever, small guy. He can't really do a ton with the contested catches. Sometimes his hands are a little inconsistent, but when he gets the ball in his hands, very tough to bring down. Very tough to bring down, and I feel like in this scheme, now, again, I always like to take things back to me playing Madden. Uh, <laughs> I also really enjoy playing with the Buffalo Bills playbook, and I'll tell you, that slot receiver, just like it is in real life, very, very fun feature to have. If you're playing in Madden with the Bills playbook and you have a really fast slot guy, you're going to have yourself a good time. So that's why Zay Flowers is just like, he makes a ton of sense. We keep hearing that he's going to get that first round capital and like, boy, what a good time. I'm sure TD likes it. You know, shout out the, you know, the Bills Mafia, you know, to, uh, T- TD, tell us what you think in the comments about me taking Zay Flowers for your boy. Um, here we are. At pick number 28, Cincinnati Bengals. Jorge, are you going to do it? I'm running it. Run it up, Bijan. Bijan, let's, let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> they're going <laughs> to <they're gonna, laughs> cut loose Joe Mixon. Can you imagine what this offense is going to look like with Joe Burrow, Bijan, Jamar Chase, gosh, T. Higgins? 
who needs a tight end? Just uh, give me those guys. Just give me those guys. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be phenomenal. They're going to the Super Bowl if that if that happens. I hate the Bengals. With every <laughs> fiber of my being as a Steelers fan. Sure, but this pick... God damn it. It makes so much sense. <laughs> and it would be so much fun. Like, and because, you know, it's like my day job isn't being a Steelers fan. My day job is in fantasy football. And for fantasy football, this shit slaps. And that is what like, that is what matters. No notes. No criticisms. That's it. That's There's just, nothing to say. <laughs> that's that is the pick indeed. Uh, so that puts Nate on the board with the New Orleans Saints. Yes, sir. I forgot and they had a first round pick. I got <laughs> from San Francisco, which is from the Broncos. Um, oh, so you get the pick for the Broncos again, technically. There you go. <laughs> <All right. laughs> now we're going to have the second running back coming off the board because. New Orleans is staring down the barrel of losing Alvin Kamara. He's already on the backside of his career. And who better to replace Alvin Kamara with than Alvin Kamara Jr., which is the one and only Jameer Gibbs. What more do you want, dude? The, the dude, the pressure's off on the goal line for him year one because they've got Jamal Williams, who people forget can also catch passes because he did it very effectively in Green Bay. They just didn't need him to do it last season in Detroit because they had DeAndre Swift. This is the perfect situation for Jamar Gibbs. And I think if he's still sitting there at 29, which he likely will be, this is the pick they make. Because it's a good pick and because Dennis Allen is an defensive-minded coach that knows he needs to focus more on offense. And this is focusing on offense, making your fan base happy, and giving Derek Carr something to work with on the offense. Dude, you know, and fun facts about Herms, for those who don't know. Um, oh, almost had to burp. Uh, <laughs> my favorite player in the NFL who is not on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Anyway, uh, Alvin Kamara. I love him to death. He's just like, ever since he came into the league, like dude, one of my favorites by far. To your point, the time is is probably coming soon. You know, he's getting older, especially now. Like, we talked all last offseason. Is he going to get suspended because of that incident out in Las Vegas? He dodged that bullet for all of last year. Something's probably going to happen with that this year. And time away from football. Father time's pretty undefeated, especially when it comes to running backs. You're going to have to do something. And even though, like, in my prospect profile over there at DraftSharks.com, if you want to read that, uh, I call him more like the Kirkland brand Camara because like he's not sure. as big. He's not as big. He's not as physical. Right. But in terms of their slipperiness and the diversity of the different routes that they can run, both out of the backfield and out wide as a receiver, it is schematically a very good, not one for one, but like one and three quarters fit. Uh, one for you know like type exchange. This could be a ton of fun. I would uh, the the sappy person in me would kind of prefer them to take the hometown kid ty j spears in like the fourth or fifth because it'd be sure. more it'd be a more fun story but that's not what we're here for we're not here for fun stories necessarily we're here to make the most killer mock draft possible love it with jameer gibbs there uh i am oh i'm picking for the eagles that's pretty cool all right so i'm gonna do that 
There's so many things. <laughs> there's so many things that we can do here. They, oh God, there's a plethora. I just want to point out how funny it is that with the Eagles' needs here on PFF, they have wide receiver. Because the Eagles, <laughs> I mean, they have A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith who are yeah. both high-end wide receivers like, last season. From I a, get it, like adding depth, but like that's a, it shouldn't be the first thing on their needs list. It should yeah. be the last thing. Like get a depth receiver in the fifth or sixth round. Yeah, like to your point, like from a depth perspective, I mean, like it's it is true, but for it to stand at the beginning of this list of needs, I will agree with you. Like that's where I'm a little like if it had been like, you know, like maybe like third or fourth on this list of needs, according to PFF, I'd probably agree with them a little bit more. But it's yeah, they're they're getting a little ridiculous there. Um, I'm struggling with what to do here because there are so many fun things that they could do, but. You know what? I hate it because this was like one of my backup options for the Steelers at 32, but like Mazzy Smith, defensive interior. uh, Yeah, dude, Michigan. Like, you know, so like we talked earlier about, you know, Kalijah Kansi and how this dude's an absolute, you know, beefcake monster out here in these streets. You know, Mazzy Smith, also one of those types of dudes, like he will disrupt, he will stuff the run, he will do all that type of stuff. And like, I absolutely love it. You know, like, Oh, what was his name? Jonathan Davis. Like, you know, they took him last year, you know, like he'll still be around. Like that's not going anywhere, but Fletcher Cox is not getting any younger. You know, I'm pretty sure right. they brought him back for just this one more year. This is another situation where they can just use the luxury of already having pretty much everything they need to compete for next year, but just backfilling talent behind those players. Mazzy Smith feels like a really good idea there. So I am absolutely on board with that. And then that brings us home with our defending Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs, with uh, Jorge, I believe. I'm finishing it out. Uh, I'm going Nolan Smith. Edge rusher from, go. Uh, from Georgia. One of the best players on one of the, on the best defense in the in college football this year. They added George Karloff this last year. He really shored up the, the defensive line. Frank Clark left the team so you know in free agency so all of a sudden you slot in a young guy nolan smith they're not i don't think they miss a beat and i think they're going to be uh he's going to be going after joe burrow <laughs> again probably in the afc championship game sorry herms i don't know yeah it happens but you know that it, it's a good pick it makes a lot of sense it definitely fits a lot of the needs that they have for sure and uh also before we get to a quick review uh brad bolt's hot take out here in these streets if he were the carolina panthers i know how much you know he enjoys his carolina panthers he would have taken anthony richardson at one with no hesitation you know i i i don't know if i'm that bold but i get it the the thing with anthony richardson is i feel like he legitimately has the highest ceiling of any quarterback in this class it's that he also has the lowest floor of any quarterback in this class it's how i hot take this is how i felt about tim tebow when the broncos drafted him it was like sky's the limit with this dude but also the floor is zero that's how i feel about anthony richardson who has a much more athletic profile this guy could be a qb1 in fantasy for the next decade he could be a guy who gets the panthers deep into the playoffs for the next 15 years he could also be the guy who we're not talking about outside of 
epic busts in three years. That's fair, you know, and I have some comments that I would like to make, but Jorge, it looked like you wanted to say something. Uh, what are your some uh, no, what are some of your thoughts on this? Well, you know what I was talking about? I mean, I was really weighing the idea of Anthony Richardson just to throw chaos into this whole thing. Uh, back at the at the top, put him in that again. Matt Harmon loves to talk ecosystems, but yeah, you got Frank Reich, Jim Caldwell, you got Thomas Brown, you got just guys who have grown up quarterbacks and if you could put anthony richardson into that group man into that room he won't have to sit what they he won't have to play right away but maybe he plays halfway through the season i think it'd be i it, it would just be phenomenal to have have him be in that in the end plus he'd be in he'd be playing in two domes a couple of times, you know, when, when the weather's, yes. when the weather's looking ugly. So all of a sudden it's just like, then you're, you're you know, you got Atlanta, you got New Orleans. <sighs> caliente, caliente. You know, and, and to your point, would I do it? Probably not. But what you said, Jorge, is like super important here. He doesn't have to start right away. Like he would on possibly some other teams that could end up drafting him because as boring as he is now and for as not good as he is now, uh, Andy Dalton signed a deal with the Carolina Panthers to be there to sit there and do whatever Andy Dalton does. And he was underwhelming is putting it generously uh, at times last year with the saints, but it's not like he was so bad that you wouldn't, feel comfortable throwing him out for eight games, nine games, whatever. I don't know when the schedule comes out. Whenever we end up seeing when the Panthers bye week is like that, he, he can get you there. Okay. Especially if it's a later bye week, he can get you mm-hmm. there, sit him down, do whatever. Like that would be my defense of the pick if they wanted to do that. And you know, Brad out here saying Richardson's further along than what Josh Allen was coming out of college, which I think does have some credence to it because that's very fair because for as much as people say, you know, like, oh, Richardson's, you know, just like a complete project. It's like, I wouldn't know, like, I don't know, I wouldn't say that as much as, you know, and again, this isn't like, this is like half my thought, half me just listening to other people who know more about this. <laughs> like, there are people that are just pointing out, it's like, he's, he's just a little uh, undercooked, you know, like, it, he did show at times the ability to step up and make some really good reads. It's not like, he can show it. He showed complete ineptitude every time he was out there on the field. Like there are moments on tape where he sits down, you know, does the thing and makes the really good read. And, you know, I only play in one campus to Canton league. Uh, but, you know, I had Anthony Richardson on this team. He's coming over to the Canton side of my team now. And so like, I made it a point to watch him on TV more than a few times. And like, even though there were moments where he was bad, there were moments where it's just like, there it is. There it is. That is a guy that can play quarterback in the NFL. And, you know, because like Nate, when I was on the in-between media show, however many weeks ago, like Seth pointed out when we talked about, I think you, I think you jumped because you had something to take care of, but we ended up talking about uh, his wide receiver, Justin Shorter, that he had down there in Florida. And like one of Seth's really big points was like, what was around him, man? Like what was really around exactly. him? He didn't have exactly. a lot of very good weapons. <laughs> like his best weapon was offensive guard Osiris Torrance. <laughs> so like, that, and that's a good that's a good point. That's something people and and also to that point, 
the dude with limited help was successful in the SEC, the toughest conference in college football. It's not like he was doing this in the ACC. It was in the SEC. Guys who come from the SEC these days succeed because these are very difficult teams to play against. He didn't have any weapons. I'm (laughs) look. Brad's right. Nate Herms and Jorge could have gotten the starting wide receiver spots of Florida last year. (laughs) I mean, look, I'm just like, 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 I'm don't sleep on me. I ran a four, four 40, my freshman year in high school in Converse (laughs) on grass. Thank you. There you go. Unofficial, of course. Hmm. I ran a four seven twenty. Not bad compared to what he was working with. Not bad. Okay, so I'm just I'm just saying, folks. You know. Yeah, so I think that that puts a pretty good cap on the uh, Anthony Richardson uh, talk there for the time so being. Sexy. So, but before we get into outros and doing whatever else we want to talk about, we should just review quickly what happened in the mock draft that we did because i don't know it, just, it feels like a logical thing to do I, I don't know i'm just winging this so at the first pick the carolina panthers selected quarterback cj stroud after that the houston texans picked bryce young on behalf of the arizona cardinals i selected edge player tyree wilson number four the colts got themselves anthony richardson who we just got finished talking about number five the seattle seahawks take the talented jalen carter then there at number six, surprise, the Detroit Lions take Will Anderson opposite Aiden Hutchinson. Gang, gang, yeet, yeet. Ooh, so much fun. Then the Raiders, Will Levis, baby, sit him behind Jimmy G and let him cook. Then at number eight, the Falcons with Kalijah Kansi. The Chicago Bears follow that up with taking Peter Skaronsky to, you know, help protect Justin Fields just a little bit. The Eagles at number 10 gets to, you know, just have a project, you know, just sit in the incubator for a little while with Lucas Van Ness. I love that pick. Then the Titans, Paris Johnson, got to do something about that line. Houston Texans picking again at 12 with Miles Murphy, the talented edge player out of Clemson. Then the Jets take Darnell Wright, tackle the, ah, there it is. Oh, it's so small on the screen. Patriots take Brian Brissee out of Clemson. And then we get... Packers taking tight end Dalton Kincaid because that would be a lot of fun. The Commanders, Christian Gonzalez. The, it's been a while since we've had a stud cornerback, probably since I was a kid with uh, Champ Bailey. It's been a while. Uh, <laughs> then we get the Pittsburgh Steelers taking Broderick Jones. He got that Georgia dog in him. Ayo. Then Devon Witherspoon, number 18 to the Lions. Michael Mayer, tight end, number 19 to the Buccaneers. Hendon Hooker falls to the Seattle Seahawks at number 20. Jordan Addison, number 21, to the Chargers, and uh, a bunch of other stuff. You can read the screen. I can see the viewer counts already just going down because I'm just reading this list. It's fine. It's fine. fine. So, if you want to review what we did, I don't know. I'll take a screenshot of it. I'll tweet it out. I'll see what people think, you know, just because it was fun. And I'm glad that I had y'all here to do that with me. Uh, Just any kind of final thoughts, Jorge? I'll start with you on the exercise that we did. That that was fun. That was my first mock draft this this year. I've been listening to a bunch, and I feel like I feel much more informed after doing it. It was just a great time. Thank you, thank you so much. Glad to share the screen with you guys anytime. Love you both. I love you too, Jorge. Oh my god, you're you're such a great friend, Nate. Anything that you took away from this exercise aside from love and friendship? I think this is this is. 
I'm going to be interested to see how this stacks up against the actual draft, because I feel like we were pretty much spot on with what these teams need, where they're leaning. Jorge, I think we nailed it with our buddy Hearns, right? And speaking of nailing it, if you're on Twitter, go find us and look up the video of Jorge and I nailing (laughs) Sweet Caroline at Senior Lopez's, uh, Jose's Jose's Lane. Jose's Landing in Canton, Ohio last year. And if it motivates you, come to the Fantasy Football Expo. Meet all of us. We're real people. We're super easy to talk to. Um, Herms, we've done some karaoke together, too. That is true. And every time I hear that one uh, Fallout Boy song, I think of you, which is like three or four times a week. So I'm thinking of you at least seven times a week. Let's be real. I think of you like 35 times a week. <laughs> Jorge, I think of you at least 30 times a week. This has been awesome. I love doing this content with you guys. And this draft was solid. Solid. It was, man. It was a ton of fun. And like I said, I'm going to take the... No, because PFF super cool like that. It can take the uh, the graphic that you did, make it super easy to tweet out. So probably not going to do it tonight because it's kind of late on the East Coast here. But I'll, I'll post it tomorrow. I'll see what people think. Give us our thoughts, whatever. You know, if you don't like it, I get it. If you do, then cool. We appreciate it. And we appreciate you all for tuning into the Lateral Show here on the unaffiliated Herms YouTube network. Uh, this is just my page of just me doing stuff for funsies. If you caught this on YouTube and you want to subscribe, awesome. I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not particularly inspired to, you know, turn this into a big thing and monetize this page, but it's a fun thing to do, and it's a fun way to spend your Thursdays late at night. So if you just want to come and hang out, typically every week, if I have the time, you know, this was the first show that I did in two weeks because of different stuff, but, like, I don't know. It's up to you. I'm bad at figuring out how to end things but i will say before i have everybody you know plug their stuff at the end i just want to mention next week i will have our friend jeff bell who we mentioned earlier and i will have the legendary matt waldman on the program and we are going to just be talking about actually we are going to talk about that's that's a lie i am going to let them talk (laughs) about some various things just going through not just the NFL draft, but just like what to look for. Like, what are some certain like, you know, lies that we hear, you know, like some certain myths that we need to bust in terms of evaluating players. And those are two guys that I trust a lot with that, you know? So like, I think you're going to become a lot smarter after next week's show. When you listen to, I know I am, I'm, I had, like I said, I ha- I'm having them on so that I can do as little talking as possible. Once I ask the question, I'm a shut up. But until then, Jorge, once again, where can they find you on Twitter? What are the things that you do that you want people to know about? Oh, at Jorge Martin 17 on Twitter. Uh, follow the YouTube page, please, the Familia FFP YouTube page, because I've got some really good content on there. Actually, you mentioned Jeff Bell. He and I broke down the wide receivers. Actually, I just went through the football guys, college football show. Kevin Coleman and I broke down the quarterbacks. Christian Williams and I broke down the running backs. And our other and you Mr. Pecan takes, Bo McBrayer, he and I broke oh. down the tight ends. So it's all in there. I'm breaking it up in little chunks here and there, so little bite-sized pieces, but... Uh, yeah just check it out give us give me a like and subscribe there after you give a like and subscribe to this to the lateral show salute everybody
<laughs> Gracias. Thank you so much. Nate, where can the people find you and all the things that you do? Because it's a lot. It's a lot, but they, they got to <laughs> keep up with you. You're one of the busiest men in this industry. It's true. I'm very busy. Um, you can find me on Fantasy Pros, Player Profiler, most importantly, In Between Media. I've got a Dynasty show on Razball, but it's not, this isn't about me. Make sure you're following at Herms NFL because everything the kid is doing is fire. Make sure you're following Jorge because everything he is doing is fire. Make sure you're following the lateral show because this show is the shit. Let's let's be real. And I have one request to end this show. Can we play it out singing Sweet Caroline together? Ba ba ba. Good times never seemed so good. So good. So good. So good. Wasted away again in Margaritaville. Looking for Follow The Lateral on Twitter at TheLateralFF. Beep boop.